Over? Nothing is over until we decide it is. It's time for the Chicago Blackhawks postgame show on the Blackhawks Radio Network. Here's Joe Brand. It's never easy to sweep a season series against a team, especially one like the Tampa Bay Lightning. But tonight, I kind of had a feeling with the Blackhawks' start that they had that something could have happened tonight to make the Blackhawks victorious once again. However, it's Tampa Bay winning this one 4-2 to as they picked up two goals in the third period that beat the Hawks one. And Lucas Reichel's first goal of the season unfortunately comes in the Blackhawks' ninth loss on the year. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show. We're taking you up to 10.30 tonight. If you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200. You can call or you could text. But right now we're going to head upstairs and bring in our pal Troy Murray. He was on the call with John Wideman tonight. And Troy, I, I like the Hawks' start in this one. And we know that this is a team that needs to play a full 60 minutes to compete with teams, especially one as good as the Tampa Bay Lightning. But uh, like like you had mentioned with John in the third period, Tampa Bay definitely took control. And uh, with the Hawks not being able to put a more strong effort in that final 20 minutes, it's going to be tough to overcome a a two-goal deficit like the one they had. They just didn't get it going five-on-five. in this game tonight, the goal that they scored in the first period was on the power play, and they had four of their six shots on that lone power play opportunity. Um, so five on five, that certainly didn't generate a whole lot. And then when you look, when the game was on the line and, and the Blackhawks looking to find a push in the third period, two shots on goal total uh, through uh, the 20 minutes, and one of those was a goal by Corey Perry. So one other shot in the third period, uh, that's not going to get it done. But let's flip the coin here and give Tampa a ton of credit. This is a good hockey team, and they played like everybody thinks that Tampa should be playing. Um, losing three in a row, you knew that they have a little bee in their bonnet coming into this one. First of those three was against the Blackhawks on, on home ice down in Tampa. So you knew they were going to be ready, and they were good. They really didn't give the Blackhawks anything in the third period, any reason to get excited um, other than the goal by Corey Perry, but they quickly responded by the goal by Hedman. Maybe a little bit of a lucky break, but they certainly earned uh, uh, this one. And maybe you go back, Joe, to the, the turning point in the second period. Tampa, you know, struggling to generate offense of their own, and all of a sudden they scored a power play goal. Luke Richardson challenged it for offside. I, I still disagree with it. Uh, I'll talk to the, the coaching staff, the video coaches as well, to see what their thoughts were, but... Uh, Tampa was credited with the power play goal, and the Blackhawks ended up in the penalty box, and that kind of flipped a little bit of the uh, the equation. Yeah, and, and that's kind of interesting because it, it seemed like the big turn in the first period was uh, the big hit on Sergachev, boarding on Kurashev, and then Bedard going to his defense, and then the Hawks go on a power play, Mrazic with a big stop on Sorelli, uh, and then the Hawks do contribute or rather capitalize on the power play with Reichel's goal but even that first period Tampa held the majority of the momentum I know they kept switching shots on goal but it ended up being somewhere along the lines of 12 to 5 or 11 to 6 in favor of Tampa Bay it was just one of those games where they were firing a lot and like you were mentioning Troy it didn't seem like the Hawks did a good enough job of testing Johansson today no, here's a team that uh, has given up almost four goals per game over the last eight games, averaging over four goals against only one time that they, they, they give up under uh, four goals. 
so this was a team that was you know ripe and ready if you if you really pushed it and and they just didn't they they did an excellent job in front of them and allowing Johansson a pretty easy time of this one tonight uh, only maybe one or two big saves that I can remember um Tampa played a really good game and and you know you would kind of expect that coming out as I said coming off the the two shutout losses this is too, this is too good of a team to be playing like that so I think in the last couple of days they've tried to solidify some things and and uh, probably had a, a few words as a group about how they need to play and be better and and if they were thinking they're going to run and gun it they're not they're they're a good hockey team great structure well coached um, and they showed it tonight. They they were they were good five on five, and this team has not been good five on five this season. I'm sure they're looking for a little spark too. They get above 500, or at least above a hockey 500 now, seven six and four, with tonight's win. We talked a lot about Lucas Reichel on the power play goal after the first period, but I'm curious about how you felt he did back at the center position today. I know he had that weird play in the second period where he was kind of carving through the defense and just kind of passed it nowhere, but. Uh, other than that, did you what did you see from Lucas Reichel tonight? You know, it was hard to say. This is a game kind of dominated by Tampa. So, I mean, yeah. nobody, you know, Lucas Reichel got the goal. But other than that, uh, you know, his line didn't, nobody generated a whole lot in this game. Connor Bedard, if you want to, you know, talk about a guy who was coming in on a hot streak, he, he was really quiet in this game. But you got to give Tampa a lot of credit. They, they've got Sergachev. Um, and Chernak on one defensive pairing, and then they've got Hedman with Nick Perbix, who's a, quietly a really good de- defenseman. So every time that Bedard was on the ice, those two guys were out there, or they they had guys up front as well. They they by the way, uh, uh, Sorelli did not return after blocking that shot and only mm-hmm. played. Um, yeah, that was early in the second period, right? Yeah, it played under six minutes in the, in this game. So I mean that that could be a big loss, obviously if if you. You know, have that, uh, you block a shot like that, you're probably thinking that there's a break, a fracture, something like that, because he did not return uh, after blocking that shot. So that's going to be a big loss by them. But getting back to it, I mean, you you really look at it, and nobody stood out for the Blackhawks in this game, just kind of dominated five on five by by Tampa. I thought that, you know, he got himself in a good position to take that pass from Kurashev and redirect it. He needed that. I think moving forward, you, you know, now that you've got one under your belt, that you'll be better off for it. But everybody was quiet, including Reichel in this game, five on five. Well, and as easy as it is to point out all the positives that Connor Bedard does, I, I do appreciate how you break down his game, Troy, because I think you were spot on in that third period where it led to the Brandon Hagel empty net goal. Do you think that's what Bedard was trying to do there, pass it off that back wall just, just to get it to himself to generate a chance? or Because I don't know, I, I feel like we don't often see that play very often. Is that why? Because it's so dangerous? Well, you can't do that because the puck just comes right back out right. where the defense can play it. And, and I think it was Chernak who turned around, it was Sergachev, sorry, that, that turned around and just you know wired one up in the air. And Hagel read the play that they were going to get possession. You got all the Blackhawks trying to, trying to go in offensively and Hagel just takes off is all alone to tap that puck in the net. But if you look at the situation for for Connor Bedard, you've got everybody going. You've got the momentum coming through the neutral zone. Everybody for Tampa is kind of sitting back. Their defense are a little bit deeper in the zone. He needs to put that puck either around the boards hard 
um, or chip it into the corner where the defenseman doesn't have an opportunity to, to turn. You, you can get there. You can put pressure on him. Now he's got his face to the board, so really doesn't have an opportunity to see what's going on around him. But because Connor Bedard threw it off the boards, bounced right out into the into the you know the slot area, into the circle down the left wing side of the Hawks. Um, easy play for him to just turn around and, and put that up into the air. When you looked at it from behind and even from up here, I think Connor Bedard was trying to play that puck to himself to mm-hmm. try and get in on it, but that's the wrong play. And, and, you know, they'll point that out that, you know, you've got to put it in a position where you can get everybody else involved. If it all of a sudden turns out that that play worked, you'd be going like, oh, wow, what a, what a great play. But it, it, it didn't. So, you know, you've got you to go with your percentages on that play. Brandon Hagel is still that dude. I mean, it's it's a trade that is looking like it's working well for both teams, but, man, does Brandon Hagel fit well into that Tampa Bay offense. Yeah, and he, he's just a real good fit on that top line. He's a hard-working guy. You loved his effort, and, and Tampa recognized that when they made the trade. They gave up a lot, but, you know, they recognized that Hagel was a guy that could help them uh, in the playoffs. And, and when you look at even a guy like Ryan Hartman, before that, you know, teams are targeting those type of players that they can, you know, grind it out and they can be playoff performers. And they paid a price for, um, you know, to get Brandon Hagel, but he's really turned into a, a great player and he, he got rewarded with a nice contract. He's a great kid, love him. And, you know, here this is a situation where nothing was ever given to Brandon Hagel. He had to earn everything. And now he's in a position where he's earned a big contract and he hasn't changed his style or effort one bit. He always is a guy that comes to the game. He's a low-maintenance player, goes out there and works works his tail off every time he's out there in the ice. And it's been a really nice compliment. He is playing on one of the best lines in the NHL with Braden Point and Kucherov. And that line is great. And, and, and Hagel's talent and effort is right there with those two guys. It's pretty amazing to watch his you know, the way that things have uh, matured for Brandon Hagel in his NHL career. Yeah, I mean, remember he was on the top line over here, and then he goes over to Tampa where he kind of just adds to their depth, but now he's, uh, it, it's like the cream rises to the top, really, yeah, with when, him. When he went there, he was the third line left winger, you know, a grinder on a on a checking line. They they lost a couple guys that they felt were were key, and they had to replace those guys. Brandon Hagel was one of them, and now all of a sudden he's he's playing on their top line. Great stuff as always, Troy. So what, lay low and, and gear up for Smashville in a couple of days? Well, that would be tomorrow. Well, yeah, oh, the game. The game, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's, there's still some uh, high intense uh, activity. No, <laughs> no I, I'll behave myself. Okay, well, you don't have to. I don't have to? <laughs> no, <But> no. I, <laughs> well, um... It's a, good town to, it's a good town. I love live music. I'll, yeah. I'll wander around, uh, have a dinner planned um, with some sponsors that are going to be on the trip. So I'll enjoy that uh, that meal and maybe a little bit of live music, afternoon game, get to bed early. Troy Murray, the company man. Yeah. Maybe, maybe uh, a trip to the Santa Claus Inn. <laughs> Santa's Pub, you mean. <laughs> Santa's Pub, my, my never, mistake. Never my been mistake. there, but I heard it's a great place late at night. I, I've heard so too. I, I, I one very credible source, by the way, has, has told me just <laughs> wonderful things about it. All right, Troy, I'll leave you alone. Great stuff, and uh, we'll talk to you in a couple of days tomorrow, whatever it is. All right, thanks, Joe. Good job, bud. Likewise, that is Troy Murray. 
He and John Weidman on the call tonight as the Blackhawks fall to the Tampa Bay Lightning 4-2. to uh, we got to get to a break, but uh, a lot of breakdown in this one. I do want to talk about Lucas Reichel. I want to talk about the goal that the Blackhawks challenged uh, that did not get overturned. And uh, just one of those vague instances in the rule book. I know a lot of fans were confused about it. I know a lot of Blackhawks fans were frustrated about it. I got one guy even chirping at me. Um, I'll say this, I I do understand why the officials kept it, but I do still think that the rule is very vague. And Troy and I kind of talked about it in the second intermission, but I do want to go in on it a little bit deeper. Plenty more to get to. We're hoping to hear from the Blackhawks dressing room, and we'll hear from you. 312-981-7200. You can call or you can text us. Tell us your thoughts. Hawks fall to the Tampa Bay Lightning 4-2 here on 720 WGN. The puck over to Perry along the right boards. Back to Korchinski in the high slot. He scored his first NHL goal against Tampa. Kershaw fires. He scores! Reichel with his first goal on the season. Deflects that pass. Johansson, it's a power play goal. And it's 1-0 Hawks. That was probably the high point of tonight's game for the Blackhawks. Lucas Reichel, as John Weideman had mentioned, his first goal of the season, it ends up being his third point, comes on the power play in his new role. I mean, today was the first day, first game, I should say, that Luke Richardson had Lucas Reichel at the bumper spot on the top power play unit, and it quickly pays off. It gave the Blackhawks a one nothing lead in the first period. But this game goes to the Tampa Bay Lightning 4-2. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show. We're taking you up to 10-30 tonight as we recap this loss. It's the Hawks' second straight loss. They split the season series against the Tampa Bay Lightning. And tonight begins a trend of where the Hawks play a game basically every other day. If you stretch out the schedule all the way until the Christmas holiday, yeah, it's a game every other day. Uh, the Hawks tonight begin a trend of three games in four days. They're in Nashville Saturday afternoon, a 1 o'clock puck drop, and then back home on Sunday evening to host the Buffalo Sabres, that game at 6. I want to get to the text line here, the 312 area code. I understand the theory of empty net. However, we don't have a strong power play, so why should that work for us? Aunt Nancy, uh, understand the, the tone, Aunt Nancy, but... Um, yeah, got to do what you got to do. Again, if you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200. About Lucas Reichel, first and foremost, I think you got to give credit to Luke Richardson for tinkering around and uh, putting Reichel in that spot just to try to get him going. Hopefully this does open the floodgates for him. I don't know if the plan to move him at the bumper on the top power play and to move him back to center go hand-in-hand. The Hawks are missing a couple of pieces. They're missing Taylor Hall, Andreas Athanasiu um, offensively, so maybe that's what led to the decision-making of putting Reichel back to center more than uh, just trying to get some cohesion with him in the same type of role, if you will, on the power play, but maybe it just still helps. Uh, It was pretty cool. In the first intermission, Lucas Reichel told John and Troy that the Hawks were practicing that exact angle that Kurdyshev shot from uh, during morning skate today, working on that drill, so that paid off. And in the past, or actually it was the day that Reichel got moved from center to wing, he was talking about some of the traits that he picked up that he was pleased with, was gaining more physicality by playing center and what he learned and improved in on faceoffs. Taking a quick look at the score sheets, Philip Kurish, or excuse me, uh, 
Lucas Reichel was 28 or 27% from the face-off circle tonight, so that didn't contribute there. But in terms of the physicality, there was a play in the second period where he kind of carves through the Tampa Bay defense, and he puts a real nice nifty move. We've seen flashes of that this year. We really saw it a lot in training camp and during the scrimmages at the beginning of the year, but for whatever reason, that just hasn't been able to translate into the regular season. Maybe that's an obvious answer because it's training camp and scrimmages for a reason, but still, it was just the confidence he had with the puck. You saw that confidence when he went in and, and carved through, the, through that defense on that play, but then something happened where, I don't know if he thought he saw a teammate or just was expecting one to be there. Maybe somebody's missing their spot and that's their fault, but he just passed it to the corner of the ice and nobody was there. Um, I almost wonder if going back and forth from center to wing, maybe that plays a part, but we're not in Lucas Reichel's head, not going to make those assumptions. But I just still think it's a good sign to see that he is capable of that. It's just a matter of harnessing it all at the right spot, at the right time, and getting him in his full groove that it's really going to end up paying off. And I, I know I've said this before, but with everything that Connor Bedard brings and who he is and what he is at 18 years old, Blackhawks fans just need to be careful about getting impatient with both Bedard, but also some of the other younger guys. Philip Kurashev has been here a couple of years. I still think that you got to give him a little bit more time to mature um, because I do think he is doing great things on that top line with Felino and Bedard. Um, but not every guy is going to figure it out right away, even if... They've been here before. This is the first consistent year of NHL play for Lucas Reichel. So we can't just jump the gun on him for not succeeding right away at center and uh, not being able to pick it right back up when he moves over from wing. I, I like the fact that they moved him over so quickly because I think it can do two things. It can it can keep him in that mindset of, hey, I might need to play this position so I have to be ready for anything. And it's also kind of removing... The, the punitive thought that, like, uh, okay, we moved you from center to wing because you weren't producing here because that's not the message the Hawks wanted to portray when they did it. They just they wanted to get him more comfortable. They wanted him to get back into the swing of things. And this kind of validates that thought process. So hopefully it will uh, continue to, to work in favor for Lucas Reichel. Again, his first goal of the night, I, I am not dissecting his game. Um, because this really wasn't a great game offensively for the Hawks tonight. As Troy mentioned, Tampa outplayed them. The Lightning were hungry to get this win. They kind of needed this win to end a three-game losing skid. I am sure if you went into their dressing room, there's no way they would have been able to stomach two losses to the Blackhawks, especially after the one at home. So they came out. They took care of business tonight. And let's look at the bright side of the Blackhawks' upcoming schedule. Competition lightens up. Again, it is still a lot of consistent play. Again, a game at least every other day. But Nashville, Buffalo, Columbus, down the line, St. Louis, Seattle. I know Detroit's off to a good start, but they're at the end of the month. I mean, it's no longer just nonstop powerhouse teams that the Blackhawks are facing. But still, kind of pick your poison. Do you want spread out games against high-quality talent? Or do you want back-to-back-to-back-to-back games? Not that literally, but still, you get the point, uh, against teams with maybe a little bit lesser of value. Uh, Really quick on the goal that the Blackhawks challenged and lost the challenge, so therefore they went shorthanded. 
I, I think I can do this. I agree with the Blackhawks' decision to challenge that goal. And I guess I do agree with the call. I know I know Troy Murray said he didn't, but I'll use the same talking point that I did during the intermission. So I know no one really knows what a catch is in the NFL, but let's use that for comparison. If a ball is, let's say, underthrown by a quarterback and the wide receiver is running down and needs to reach backwards to just get a a hand on the football. Let's say he's not being defended whatsoever. So just to get a hand on the football, he stretches out his arm as far as he can. He kind of tips the ball into the air, and it falls near his chest, and he's able to control the football. He's got possession of it. He's got a handle of it. He runs down into the end zone, touchdown. That is a catch. That is a clean catch. The start of the process to make possession, to create possession of the football, I think is all part of it. I think you're supposed to use that same thought process in hockey, I guess. The the difference is the rule isn't that clear. I got to pull it up because I know it was on Twitter, but um, because the difference is when the Tampa Bay Lightning player first touches the puck, Okay, if you want to use the phrase, he's settling it down, he's settling it down. But the puck literally just touches his stick and then just kind of bounces off in front of him as he's crossing the blue line. At one point, both his skates are on, are, are in the Blackhawk zone on the side of the blue line, and the puck is not yet over the blue line. But because, I guess, he had that first touch of the puck that creates the process of having possession of the puck, and I know this is all super difficult on on radio. If you can take a look at the replay, I highly suggest it. But when you watch it in slow-mo, yeah, there's exactly a moment where you can freeze the frame, the puck is offside, the player is onside. So right then and there, you, you think, okay, that's distinctive evidence that that should be offside. It should be no goal. But the whole process is he touches the puck. I guess that first touch of the puck creates the sequence of having possession of the puck Therefore, you are technically possessing the puck in that motion, and then you are onside and bringing the puck over, and then eventually the Tampa Bay Lightning score. I think that's where the gray area comes into play, because what is possession of the puck? Now, my, my argument is, what if the guy touches it, and it kind of ricochets off his stick a little bit out of his reach, and he, he has to stretch out even further, and he tries to corral the puck, and he can't. Because if the refs don't call that offside in real time when he has the puck, what are the odds he's, they're going to do that when he doesn't have the puck? And then, is that technically possession? I would argue it's not. So, I, I, I do think it's a really gray area. I guess I understand why the refs kept it. Um, but I do think there just needs to be some more clarification. But I honestly, I don't know how you make that more distinct. It's just one of the unfortunate screwy things in sports that uh, is probably going to be an ongoing conversation and argument. But I'll say this to the one person that chirped to me. It's, there's no way you can say definitively either way. That's at least what I say. I, I don't think it's a situation, oh, we called it this way. In real time, so there's not enough evidence. I don't think it's one of those situations. I I just think it's the process of him first touching the puck, starts the process of having possession, 
and then that leads into the play that leads or that leads into the puck crossing the blue line that leads into the play that leads into the goal. So that's why they kept it. Uh, real tough to see that though because that kind of turned the game. Tampa ties things up. They later take a 2-1 lead. Hawks tie things up in a really good goal from Corey Perry. Uh, we'll get into that in a little bit moment too, a little bit later too. I know we got to get to a break, but um, thought Corey Perry had a good game, and we'll tell you why after this break. Hawks fall to the Tampa Bay Lightning 4-2. You're listening to the Blackhawks postgame show, 720 WGN. Now to Gave it away at the line. Corey Perry the other way. Through center ice over the lightning line. Down the left wing. Put it across. Kachuk. Now to Perry. He should score! On the doorstep, the former Tampa Bay Lightning, Corey Perry. A give and go over to Kachuk, who waved it in front of the Hawk net. It was deflected by Dickinson to Perry. And he had a slam dunk goal. We're tied at two. And Corey Perry is tonight's player with the most heart, which is sponsored by Northwestern Medicine. Northwestern Medicine is the homes to the state's leading heart and vascular program, top-ranked for 16 straight years by U.S. News and World Report. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show. Hawks fall to the Tampa Bay Lightning 4-2 to two here tonight from the United Center. Perry is the last goal scorer for the Hawks tonight, and uh, even though on that play, I, I do want to give kudos to Boris Kachuk and Jason Dickinson, especially on that goal, because it it almost looked like Perry was going to pass the puck too soon. There was a little uh, opportunity there to maybe just throw one on net, but maybe pass it to Kachuk. He kept it alive, and then Jason Dickinson with just great awareness that Perry was still alive right next to the post. A couple of former and now current teammates, they were both Dallas Stars at the same time, uh, contributing, but I thought that was a a great example of how locked in Jason Dickinson has been, especially lately. Even though that play looked good for the offense, the Hawks' offense struggled a bit, and Corey Perry thought so too. You know, at the same time, I think we passed up a lot of, a lot of shots, uh, especially in that second period. We we had some, uh, you know, some good shifts, and um, you know, we tried to maybe be too a little too cute, and where some of those bucks have to get on that. I think you guys only had only one or two shots in the third period. What did they do to really tighten things up there? Well, they're a good team. I mean, um, you know, they're, when they get the lead, they they kind of sit on it and play play strong. And um, you know, there's not much room out there. But um, no, those are those are learning curves that uh, you know we we can build along the way. Is it hard playing them? You guys have played a few times where teams this closely, you know, games this tight. I guess it's back to back or so. Is that is that I guess just the familiarity? Does that play in factor in some of these games when you see someone so quickly? Yeah. Um, you know, it's only been what, a week or whatever. We only played one game in between, so um, yeah, we were quite familiar with how they play and and how they want to play. And um, you know, we talked a lot about you know, about how they play in the, in the offensive zone. And um, you know, that the the third goal it kind of played right into their system. And you know, guy got lost in the back door. So um, you know, like I said, those are our learning curves throughout the season that uh, that we can learn about. Corey Perry scored his fourth goal of the season tonight. Lucas Reichel scored his first. We'll hear from the Blackhawks forward when we come back. Hawks fall to the Tampa Bay Lightning 4-2. Blackhawks postgame show 720 WGN. Into the trapezoid to Nyquist. Held by O'Reilly. Walked in by Carrier. Got it on that. And a rebound. That's Willie Donick of Nashville Predators Television. That is the Hawks' next game. And our next game preview is sponsored by Plumbers 911 Chicago, where they do it right the first time. A 1 o'clock puck drop down in Smashville 
on Saturday afternoon. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show. Hawks fall to the Tampa Bay Lightning 4-2. to Tampa Bay's three-game losing skid is over, but Lucas Reichel's goal drought is over as well. His first goal of the year. Let's hear from number 27. Is it more of a sigh of relief when, uh, when that one went in? Um, I didn't even know that I scored. I thought <laughs> Perry, uh, Perry had a, a stick on it, so I didn't I didn't even know, but then I was like... <laughs> <laughs> Did you feel comfortable in, in that bumper roll there in the slot? Um, yeah, I mean, we had one good power play. The second one was not good at all. So, um, yeah, I mean, we had one one chance. So uh, um, we'll see how it goes in the next few games. Do you feel a little, a little bit lighter with the goal, even though it was a weird one? Yeah, a little bit, but I uh, still, I think we didn't play good enough in the offensive zone. We, we got to create... Um, more in the offensive zone and uh, yeah you know like it's more more like defense all the time and then um, we never like create from the D zone to O zone so um, yeah we gotta be better at that. Do you think it was more of what they were doing or you guys were just sloppy in the offensive zone or why do you think that was tonight? Um, yeah just like getting shots through and then go from there I think we didn't have a lot of shots and then um, we didn't hang on to pucks um, so yeah that was the reason probably. Was there too much time in between games? Too much time? Too much time, too many off days? Uh, I mean, yeah, I take any off day, but uh, um, it's good to have like practice too. But uh, uh, yeah, it doesn't matter. I stick to the schedule. Well, the Blackhawks are going to have to stick to the schedule moving forward again. Tonight begins a trend of the Hawks basically playing a game every other day. We don't have enough time to play Luke Richardson. Just want to read one clip or uh, one quote from him. Uh, from Ben Pope of the Chicago Sun-Times. Richardson on the failed offside challenge. It's a bit of a flip of a coin. You never know because it depends on what someone considers full control. It's a really tough one. So, yeah, again, I, I think it's right for the Blackhawks to challenge that. It would have been a big goal to take away. But I, I do, after seeing the replay, understand where the NHL is coming from, from keeping it a good goal and saying that it was onside. Unfortunately, it did probably play a big role tonight as Tampa Bay was able to pick up Two goals in that second period and eventually win this one 4-2. to two. Hawks next game again against Nashville on Saturday. Blackhawks hockey has been sponsored by Sitco. When you start with Sitco, you're good to go. United Airlines, your Chicago and Northwest Indiana Hyundai dealers. Plumbers 911 Chicago, where they do it right the first time. And Northwestern Medicine. Big thanks to all the help we had here at the United Center. Our reporter was Jack Heinrich. Our Hall of Fame engineer was Mr. Paul Zerang. John Weidman had the play-by-play. Troy Murray on the color. Back at the WGN studios, our production crew of Brendan Rook and Patrick Hennessy. The captain, Brett Jackson, our engineer. David Jennings has your news next. After that, it's Raleigh James. Again, for everyone that I mentioned, I'm Joe Brand. Hawks fall to Tampa Bay 4-2. We will see you, rather talk to you, on Saturday with the Hawks in Nashville. Have a great rest of your Thursday night, everybody. You've been listening to Chicago Blackhawks Hockey on Blackhawks Radio, 720 WGN. Streaming on WGNRadio.com and smart devices everywhere.